Business is. It's another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on Instagram and Twitter. And I am Spike Lou in the tweet streets and on IG, trying to get back off the hiatus, coming out of quarantine on my IG. Keep checking it. <laughs> IG Keep popping checking. right now, too. Yeah, nice, nice job on the follow-ups, man. I mean, on the uh, breakdowns of the verses, the recaps. How was that Jagged Edge in 112? Slausage and Biscuit. I don't believe it. Jagged Edge blew it, man. Use the goddamn kit, man. That that Swiss send you, Jagged Edge. Shit. They had some, they had some Atlanta niggas sounds in there. Yeah, like a nigga man, that was off of old net. He was right on old net. <laughs> <laughs> you got the studio on Cascade and shit, man. What are y'all doing? Yeah, that's funny as hell. Nobody got time for that shit, man. At all, man. This is episode 350. Mm. It's a milestone, man. Not a lot time. of podcasts make it to that. Nah, a lot of people don't get 350 episodes in seven years, and we can toot our own horns for a little bit. You remember how we started? Absolutely. What's your story? What's your story? Why did we start? You talking about the podcast or before that? Shit. The podcast. Why we started doing the podcast? Man, we wanted to revamp the, the, the um, We wanted to revamp the YouTube show. But um, I know we wanted to do it differently, make it more of a commentary, because uh, from my perspective, that's what the culture was doing in blog sites. And we just wanted to add that because nobody had done that on the, in an audio format. So Facts. some trailblazing shit. Facts. And we were doing the videography and the treatments for, you know, videos and things of that nature when we first got down here. So we were looking for a way to validate our names, too, yep. as well. You know, just so we figured what better way to do that than have an opinion on the culture that raised us. Uh, oftentimes, opposite opinions. And I, that's what entertains people. So that's how you got the On Deck TV podcast. Yeah, man. There you guys um, have it. Strong in the A started yeah. in Nashville. And this episode is a little different. This is the mailbag episode. If you follow us on Instagram and Twitter and, of course, Facebook, then you know you've submitted questions. We appreciate that. Um, hopefully, we can get through these in a respectable amount of time. I think we should be good, though. Yeah, we got some, a, a nice little, uh, you know, uh, mirage of questions here. So we should be able to keep people entertained and get to the end of them. It's some really good shit, man. Appreciate everybody that sent them out, man. Let's let's not waste any time. I'll read the first one. Uh, this comes from Michael from Facebook. Okay. Best album to drop during the quarantine? 
Uh, that's not even a question. If that's I had to question, pick, though. it is uh, for me. It was Rush to Five Nines, the allegory. Mm. Uh, I consider that a quarantine drop, even though it was late February. I, I would say the quarantine probably started in March, but I mean, I really got into it around the quarantine. I double backs and shit. We can consider 2020 full as quarantine year. So yeah. I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to say that uh, Royce the Five Nine allegory. What do you have? Yeah, that album was a shit. Um, I've got an album that actually dropped in the quarantine. Um, <laughs> even though it's been slim pickings because a lot of people have been sitting this shit out. That's why I went back. I ain't gonna lie to you. I couldn't. I couldn't live with myself picking the baby, blaming on baby. Like <laughs> I Man, I'm going with West Side Gun. Pray for Paris. Mm. Um, listen, this for some reason, this project. I don't know if it was a quarantine. I don't know what it was, but this West Side Gun project hit so different for me. I've listened to his last probably four or five joints, and I thought they were cool. You know what I'm saying? I know Griselda's on a roll and everything, but West Side Gun was my least favorite of the camp. But this album right here, though, it, it hit on all levels. The features, the production, his verses, and the, fuck it, the merch, the rollout, the whole nine, everything hit. This will easily be in my top ten at the end of the year. Uh, that West Side Gun is complete flames. And that merch is fire, too. Tough. Um what about any, well, to be fair, if I had to move down any, I would say that Slim Thug, Thug Life was one million percent an honorable mention. That was banging. Uh, that's fire. Um, what else? Did you uh, see anything else? Yeah, I was going to say Don Tolliver's Heaven or Hell. Um, Travis Scott Chris Platt artist. told me to check it out. Man, Travis Scott artist from Houston. He had, he got one on with him, though. Like, dude. Mm -hmm. He got the voice, he got the the melodies, he got the swag, like like he cold, man. Like that album was fire. It's a shame that that shit came out because it's made for like lounges and and you know it, it's kind of kickback music. And then the quarantine hit, and nobody's getting together to even enjoy it. So I feel sorry for the young boy, but it's a it's a fire project though. Production A one, it, it's super dope. A couple other notables at Tory Lanez, New Toronto three. That was cool. That was decent. That was uh, the cool. quarantine radio was way, way, way more popping. That was fire. Uh, Wiz, Wiz dropped the saga of Wiz. That came out. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what slept on one, and we'll have this will lead into the next question. Who that? K Camp. That K Camp came out, man, that Kiss 5. What do you think about that? I, I missed K Camp. I listened to the project before this that had, um, that, had, that had lottery on it. That shit was dope. Um, that's the one that, that, that went off on TikTok. It, it, it shit pop late as fuck for some reason, but I didn't listen to this latest one, though. Shout out to K-Cam, though. Nice. All right, so let's go to the next one. Again, episode 350, the mailbag episode. It says, you all have addressed this in a prior episode, but what would be the both, excuse me, what would be the best feature for an unlikely collab for an album or single? Again, um, you all may have addressed this in a prior episode, but what would be the best but most unlikely collab for an album or single? No Drake, no Yay. That's Mary from Facebook. I was gonna say Drake and Yay. I ain't gonna lie. Um, uh, uh, I ain't gonna, <laughs> most unlikely collab is Cole and Kendrick because we're never getting that shit. Stole man, I'm hot at you. Um, but no, nah, that's not that's not me though, because that's that's not unlikely. Well, I mean, it's unlikely that we'll get it, but they're not like unlikely collab. 
I would say um, I'm going to go. See, here's the thing, though. Like, I need one of these people to either produce or sing as well as rap to make like a full fledged um, dope project. So I would go Mozzie for the rapping and kind of the, the heart behind it. And then I would go Childish Gambino for the singing and the rapping and for the unlikely combo. I think they would make a nice seven track EP. Um, somebody from the West Coast linking up with somebody from the South, two completely different perspectives. Both have a way with words. I think it would be unique um, and would be a dope pairing because Childish Gambino could sing on some of the songs that he could like, you know, do like ad-libs on some sampling type shit like, and you know, with, with Mozzie bodying it. That shit would be fire. So I, I would definitely put those two together as an unlikely collab for an album. Well, you pulled it out your ass, man. You must have just started that. Mozzie and Childish Gambino. It must have been Childish Gambino commercial. You watching Atlanta? It's, hey, look, it took time to come up with it. And that shit would be super dope. It is because Mozzie's a cold artist and Childish Gambino, he, he, he do what he does. Uh, I went for the low-hanging fruit here and the better conversation piece. I'm going to say Nicki and Cardi. Mm. Like, to, to not have worked together is is a crime in itself. Well, they just have, like, though. They, they were on the Migos shit, though. I'm talking about, like, a Nicki and Cardi song. Oh, like, yeah, like they, we got a new single. Even You can even throw Meg in the whole girl power group. Like, I think that they could make a lot of noise. A lot of meters would move if you see them, like, work together. You talk about how females are, and rightfully so, not, you know, paid attention to or given their rightful positions in hip-hop a lot. You can combine a Nicki and Cardi and even throw a little Meg in there. They start doing songs with each other, tracks, features, shit, an EP, four songs with them on a Beyonce feature, like some girl power shit. They could really change the trajectory of like how women are, you know, received as far as being like the big go-to people in hip hop. Mm -hmm. uh, usually the people at the top are men, the best rapper, the best MC are men. Just recently we had Meg, uh, Beyonce, and Nikki with the top billboard records that they made. But I think it would be very impressive for them to be able to put their beefs to the side and just have some fun doing a quarantine, do some records together, just like fuck all the other little bullshit they was doing. Highly unlikely, though. Yeah, super unlikely. <laughs> but yeah, nah, that, that's the point of the that question, though. Fine, yeah. What's an unlikely collab? Yeah, that's but unlikely, I would like to see that. That waves, would be interesting though. to me. Yeah. Like, I, that, that would be one of the few songs, like, that, was, that would be one that I see. If somebody dropped that in the group chat, and I'm like, I got to go hear this now. That'll like, just to hear the subject matter, just to see what they're talking about, if they're dressed liking each other. So that, that would be one of them songs. Like, okay, let me turn off this podcast I'm listening to, pause this movie, and let me check this little four-minute song out. So that would be that for me. It's fucked up that it won't happen because there's Same. always got to be a good guy, bad guy type situation mm -hmm. at the top. And so you there has to be a villain and a hero, dude. Like You think people feel more comfortable pitting them against each other? I do, man. It gives storylines. It gives, you know, it, it it gives something something for people to talk about. I think it's an even bigger deal, like, with their history, squashing it. Like, being able to work together based off what we do know about them. I think even more people would talk about it. So, it is sad that it won't happen, though. One, one of them would Meg have to gotta be off. able to broker it. Meg got to be able to broker that, man. Mm, that's not how. Think. Unfortunately, that's not how. Uh... Beyonce can't put us together? What's going on? What good would it do her? I mean, girl power, man. <laughs> Women empowerment. <laughs> Women empowerment, man. 
Oh, man. Next up, man. Um, next question. If Kendrick Lamar was to crown a newer rapper, the king of rap tomorrow, who do you think it would be? Shout out to Marcus Randall uh, from Facebook. D. Marcus Randall from LSU? I don't know. It might That's be. Fine. Shout out to him. <laughs> uh, is that question, if he were to crown a new king of rap tomorrow, based off what I know about Kendrick, I don't necessarily say that I would agree, but I feel like it would be YBN Cordae. Mm. I feel like that's a similar style. That's a passing of the torch that he would be comfortable with because he takes his art very seriously. And of the new generation, one of the people that I can tell takes it very seriously based off their lyrics, subject matter, and their debut album is YBN Cordae. So if Kendrick were passing the crown, it would be him for the King of Rap tomorrow. I don't necessarily know that the game would choose YBN Cordae because I don't know if he's perfected that appeal yet yeah. uh, he may have to grow into it like a j cole did you know get the bravado he needs to to hold that king of rap title uh but if kendrick lamar again will refer referring him i'm definitely going to be in corday yeah you and that makes sense that's that's right up kendrick's alley Facts. Um, kendrick looked like that's who he listens to when he's not listening to you know tde um i went with somebody and this is tough man because this person's not a newer rapper, but they're under 30, though, so they're relatively young. Um, and I want Travis Scott, because he's next up anyway, if he's arguably not there yet. King of um, rap? Like absolutely. Bars? Nah, well, oh, you know, that's not rap, though. That would be king so, of lyrics. But you always had... Every king of rap has had bars, though. Travis Scott would be the first person to be considered not a lyrical rapper to be at the top of the game. Would it's you agree? 20, it's 2020. But would you agree? Yeah, that's a fact. Okay. I, I, I think the game, I think I think the game so. lends itself to his style, though. And he's more of a representation of this new age of hip-hop, though. Um, and I, and he's, he's got everything in terms of the bars. No, for sure. He doesn't have the bars. That's a fact. Everything else he has, commercial appeal, the fan base, the live show, whatever you want to name, he's got everything else. The production, like he's basically the total package and and he's influential, impactful. He's got all of that shit, man. If he had a bigger personality, then he'd probably be even larger. But since he's kind of a recluse, he doesn't really say much, um, then he doesn't get that part of it. But I seriously think Travis Scott, I think he would have to give it to Travis Scott to crown YBN got a ways to go. Like he he got at least three more projects before he's even in the conversation of anything. But he's hella young, so he got time for that. So it works yeah. out. By the time Kendrick get ready to pass it over, I agree. All right. So here's another question from the readers. And this is similar to one down the line, so be careful here. Mm. What has been your favorite? favorite episode to discuss that's Ty from Minnesota uh favorite episode um my favorite episodes are the ones that get the most engagements from the listeners and the the original topics that we came up with to get those engagements like the hip-hop hall of fame the first Uh ballot there is no hip-hop hall of fame for people that don't know and we thought of that a couple of years ago like damn what if there was one who would be in it and so we came up with a list of, I think it was like seven people or five. Is it five people or seven people? I can't remember. Five. But it was five. Five. So it was five people. I think one mogul, one producer, three rappers. Yep. 
And people were just fucking balls to the wall that we didn't have Nas in there. First ballot. And I love shit like that because there's an argument for both sides of that. And that's that gets the people going. It's provocative. It gets the people going. And there's an argument for both sides. And it's original. So those episodes like that, Hip Hop Hall of Fame, First Ballad, are my favorite because they're original. They're shit that we sat down and penned and came up with. And it worked. And people responded to it. And they fucked with it. And, and stuff like that is dope, man. That's probably one of my favorites. I liked that. Um, I would have to say specifically the rap brackets that we did a while ago um, when we used to do original topics more so like, you know, come up with ideas, like you said, for engagement and had the series doing the rap bracket was really fun to me where we took the East, West, South and Midwest and took all 16 rappers from each division mm-hmm. and kind of pitted them against each other, had conversations about who was better and why. And it's, it's funny to go back and listen to those, just how opinions have changed careers have changed so that's definitely and how many other programs have took that i didn't see it before we came up with that maybe i may have been on hold or something i may be giving us a little too much credit but i didn't see anybody else doing that before we started doing the rap brackets so um i do that's one of my favorites i think that's our baby that we created and came up with and people ran with it. we didn't create brackets but like the context that we did it, i think that we kind of were in the forefront there i got a question for you though before we move on was that speaking of favorite topics what's your least favorite topic or subject to come in and talk about um man probably takashi now um yeah you love takashi nigga nah it's just it's it's it, nah, it's interesting as fuck though um <laughs> My least favorite, I don't know. Like, see, here's the thing: the least favorite shit we don't really talk about. Like, like we don't do like gossip and shit. Like, we don't. Yeah. Our topics aren't based around shit like that. That stuff has zero interest of me. And those come across our headlines every once in a while, and we'll look at that shit like, man, we don't want to talk about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't really get into that. We we like to deal with thought provoking. Um, topics, even if it's not about that particular person or thing that happened to them, even if it speaks to a larger talking point, we'd rather go with something like that than somebody dating somebody else and getting caught up with something like well, I, shit like that. I'd be out on, but there's a reason we don't put that in the show. So, you know, I know that's a little bit of a cheat code answer, but that's a real answer. We don't put the shit in that I don't want to cover. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's the gossipy, uh, chatty, patty stuff for me. Sometimes if it's something that it, it's in the stratosphere and, and so many people are talking about it that we at least have to address it. Uh, like, I don't really like dealing with the relationship shit. I could care less about that. Right. Um, things, like you say, gossipy, we try to stay away from. If we do have to address it because people are asking questions or want to know what we think, then I understand that. But those are my least favorite, I would say, too. That's a fact, man. Uh, we'll say that for the shade room. Um, next question, number five. Who is your dream interview and guest? Shout out to Ben, man. Ben, that's a great question, Ben. And to me, that's twofold. Because mm-hmm. in, in one sense, that's a who am I interested to talk to? Like who would I like just be engaged in the information that they're giving me? And then the second one for me is what would be best for the show? Like what would be best for the entertainment of the people and the fans and, and things of that nature. So to, on the selfish tip, if I had to just pick somebody and I would be just fascinated with how they listen, I would say a Master P. 
Mm-hmm. And just because I grew up on his music, I feel like I learned a lot from him on how I con- try to conduct business or I just my frame of setup. Like we always say, like I didn't grow up with my father or, or a lot of male influences in my life. So like those No Limit albums and, and him like in the source magazines talking about why it was important to own things. Those things in the forefront of my mind is I've gotten old and went on businesses and even we started this. So selfishly, at one million percent would be Master P. Um, if it was something for the show, something that I feel like that would be entertaining just to see how people would react to us in that situation. I would say somebody like a Drake. Mm-hmm. We've had a playful banter on here about, you know, how much you love him and are a stand. And I'm just a Fairweather fan. I would I think that he would engage well with that dynamic of kind of like you just wondering why everybody doesn't love him to death uh so i think that would be funny those are my two answers what do you got um so obviously of course p you know i'm here for that all day every day i, I really got to meet p before i leave this earth um so obviously i would like to have him on there as well but if i had to go dream interview so we talked we have an episode called uh, guess who's coming to dinner we did two of them and we picked three people in the hip-hop space that we would want to come have dinner with. And we chose to take off Puff and Jay-Z because that's a cheat code. Everybody wants them. Well, we didn't have this stipulation for this dream interview. And that Jay-Z would be my number one dream interview simply because he is like a man of few words. He doesn't, he doesn't do the interview circuits all the time. Like, that's not his thing. He's not big on press runs anymore. But whenever he does do them, he has so much to say. And so I would selfishly want someone like a Jay, because he, in my opinion, he drops jewels every time he talks. It just doesn't happen that often. So I would like a Jay interview, no softballs, no underhanded pitches, just a straight up real interview. No question is off limits interview with Hove. I think that shit would be fucking awesome. And then I'm with you on the most entertaining. It'd have to be somebody that one of us doesn't fuck with, but the other does. Like a ludicrous. That shit would be funny as fuck. He would play into it. Or like a 2 chain. I don't know how. Wait, wait. Y'all are building a narrative that I don't like. I didn't. I don't say that I don't like ludicrous. I don't listen to ludicrous music. I'm sure that Chris, what's his name? Chris Bridges. Bridges. I'm sure that he's a stand-up guy. Swell fella. His music is not for me. I ain't never say he couldn't rap. People got this narrative in the rap chat and on whatever IG. Y'all saying that I don't like Ludacris. And that's far from the truth. I have no problem with Ludacris. You don't just, just hate on him. him. It comes from the hate, sir. I do not listen to him. I ain't say he was bad ever. <laughs> I'm a T.I. fan. We riding with Grand Hustle over here. It's the king, nigga. We, need, we both but need yeah, T.I. and Lou on the same episode. Fuck that it. That would be funny. Absolutely. That would be fun. And you do hate on two chains. He'll pretty much two chains don't talk a lot though. He'll probably just walk out on you. He'll be hot about that. <laughs> nah, two chains. Listen, we don't seen two chains get hot before. He got hot on a uh, on a uh, Nori shit. Did he? I forgot about that. What happened? Yeah, he had the nigga uh, Jack Thriller, the little one eyed. Ah, yeah, when he called him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> he snapped. So we don't seen him turn up before. Yeah, you're right. He got Southside came out. Let's see you, boy. What's next? All right, next question from off of the Master P answer to the next one. What is, from the No Limitologist, the most underrated No Limit album? And tell them why people ask that. 
Shout out Brandon from Facebook, man. Brandon he, from Facebook, yeah. He mentioned that uh, Prime Suspects was a low-key, no-limit album that he fucked with heavy. Prime um, Suspects was bang. Yeah, I like that, too. That was a good one. This question is right up my alley. Um, I would say the most underrated no-limit album is Mac World War Three. Um, <laughs> what? That's a layup, man. So everybody that know anything about No Limit knows that's banging. That's nah, like you. You're here for, but I expect more out of you. From that. You got to understand. That's when Beast by the Pound left. People buried. People buried No Limit and P. Like niggas thought it was done. And, and oh, it was. It was over. Yeah, it was definitely it over. Was, it was However, a wrap. This that album is ahead of its time, and I remember when that first came out, we didn't really fuck with it like that. Like it was, mm. it was before we could even really comprehend what he was talking about. And nah, it's, bro, it, we fucked with that Mac Heavy when it not came when it out. came Cause out because it had no. that because no. it had the song about the snitching on there and his homeboy. Like no. man, niggas was fucking with that Mac, bro. No, man, not not off top, not like that. But the beats was different. Like this was this was one of the first. Non beats by the pound, no limit. We was like, man, what KL at, man? Like this shit. Uh, I do remember not going to get that. Like, see like, what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I see murder and like when everything else came out, you were in there to Friday at Soundstream. I, I, I do remember like just catching that on the humble though. I think I may have stole that from you at Jay or something. Probably. Tough. That's that's an underrated <laughs> album that people don't really talk about when they talk no limit great albums. World War Three does not get brought up, and it should. I got one that's gonna get up out of you and gonna make you wish that you had did a little bit more digging on this because I'm gonna make you look bad. No limitologist. That young mean? bleed, my balls and my work. That's banging. Banging. Everybody knows who's banging though. No, nah, don't nobody know. People don't even know who Young Bleed is. People don't know who Mac First, is. That's true. <laughs> but they less know who Young Bleed is, and the nigga like Young Bleed, his name, you wouldn't even expect an album like his to be banging. But my balls and my word is fire. Check that out. You try, and it was like it wasn't as lyrical as Mac, but it was more lyrical than what you were used to from No Limit. And it, it was right. They young bleed my balls and my word, man. I fuck yeah, no, that, that shit banging. Right, listen, you ain't gonna get no knocks from me out of that. That shit go hard. I might listen to that tonight. Uh, next up, man. What's your favorite thing to discuss other than hip hop? I'm mad we didn't put the name of the person right here. My bad. Mm, okay shout out to anonymous out there um for me it's business and i know that's like vague but i'm like i was listening to kevin hart on joe rogan and he brought up something i never really heard articulated and it, it struck with me when i when people talk about like he was giving an example a table and he was like well where's the table made where'd the wood come from how'd the legs get on there what made them put it on this way i like to talk about things of that nature like processes and building and and just how people get to a point where they feel like this is a business or this is something they would invest in. One, for my financial benefit, but two, that's just an interesting thing to me. And also politics as well. I, I like talking politics and religion with people just to see where they stand. I don't really judge people off of it, but I do like to know uh, where they stand on it just to see how they got there. I'm a, I'm a thought process person with those three things. Yeah. What about you? Um, so I've got two answers. I've got the layup answer, which is, of course, sneakers. I fuck with shoes heavy. Um, I'm big into that. Shout out to those Ben and Jerry dunks that I struck out on two L's. Uh, I was on such a big deal. What was going on with it? Seen uh, the shoes are fire. Yeah, they all right. They fire. I, I seen that. I seen a nigga say he would pay fifteen hundred to two thousand for those shoes. Hey, he Y'all might pay two thousand dollars for sneakers. If you got it. I, Jesus I, 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 I'm not paying two bands for sneakers. That's me okay. personally. But if somebody gotcha. got it, and then you got to realize too, 
people buy shoes and flip them and then they, nah, they yeah, turn like that into them two bands. Okay, that makes sense. So they're not really just coming out of pocket like that. I ain't wearing, nigga. You think I don't want to get my feet stepped on now and don't go to concerts? If I spend two bands on a pair of sneakers, That's nigga. True. Man, we need a, a skybox and wherever we going. That's true. I need, a, I need a carpet, nigga, leading to the carpet, skybox. Get plush um, shit too. That alpaca. Li- <laughs> <laughs> Get that alpaca down there, nigga. If I pay on two thousand dollars shoes. Other other than the sneakers, um, I would say pretty much anything thought provoking, man, whether that's whether that's like psychology. Like the I like the why. Uh, behind shit, man, especially behind people doing specific things. Um, that's always been interesting to me. I always like talking about that shit. Um, anything thought provoking, man, behind the why and the reasoning behind why people do what they do. Uh, count me in for that. And on a business tip, more specifically, real estate. Uh, I've gotten into real estate, man, more the last probably three or, three or so years, and this shit is really interesting to me. Um, I'm I'm here for it. I, I try to soak up a, a, you know as much shit as I can. Whatever if I'm reading some or listening to a podcast on it, which we'll touch on in a minute. But um, real estate is a big topic, man. These last two or three years, I've kind of discovered that I've really been interested in. So, yeah, if I had to be specific in business, I would say logistics, like how things get from one place to two place. Well, place A to place B, how much you have to buy to get a discount on it and how you ship it, like that shit is fascinating to me. So mm-hmm. I would say if I had to be specific, like you said, real estate, I would be, say, logistics of business. I love export, import, all that type shit. For sure. What's uh, next? Who is this, me? Yes, sir. Um, who is the real king of New York? Perry from Atlanta says, is it Cardi, Nikki, Young and May, 6ix9ine, or ASAP? Jesus. Uh, that's the picks. That's we got to choose from. New York is. Hey, uh, I would say there is no king of New York now. I don't think that 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 king of rap title exists anymore because New York. It, the the reason, in my opinion, that that was even a thing before is because New York was kind of the upper echelon. It was the the, the place for hip hop. Now that hip hop has grown, and you know you can get it anywhere in in any different style. People from New York tend to sound more like Atlanta people, like the most popular people from New York. And the, the ones that don't really don't get that much pub. If I had to crown somebody, if I had to crown them and crown them, then I would say the Buffalo niggas are running New York because their style is unique. Everybody's talking about Griselda. They would be, as a unit, who I crown at the top of the rap game from New York, uh, even though that's not New York City. So I wouldn't pick any of these people. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. But if I had to, I would say Cardi. Out of that, out of that group, uh, I, she still moves the needle. Even just off one album, we don't, we have no clue what this next project gonna be. It could sound like shit. She could be Cinderella with the magic slipper, and it might be midnight coming up soon because we haven't heard anything since that first joint, man, with a couple of Lucy singles and shit. But she moves the needle the most out of all of them. Um, I think Pop Smoke was on his way to climbing the uh, King of New York step ladder. Uh, before he was gunned down, but out of those out of those people right there, man, I, I gotta say Cardi, even though like you said, it's really a wash. That's a fact. It's really a, a super wash. Uh, why? How do you think New York would get back on top? What do you think they would? Nah, I thought it was again. I, I, like I ain't trying to be like on some revisionist history shit, but I thought Pop Smoke with the drill movement was leading the way. I thought the drill movement was going to get them back to where they needed to be because they finally had a sound of their own, so to speak. I know that comes from the UK 
um, drill scene and it's got remnants to the Chicago movement, but New York finally had a sound of their own that they could call their own. Um, it was a signature sound. And I thought that was going to propel them back to the forefront, but uh, the, the kind of the leader of that movement being Pop Smoke, uh, getting his shit cut short, bro, that kind of that kind of slowed the movement a little bit. Yeah, that was rough. That was definitely rough. Uh, next, wait, did you have some more? Uh, that was it. Okay. You can only stream three albums for the next five years, 2025. The albums had to be released after 2010s. What albums are you choosing? That's Ann, and she's from Texas. Shout out Texas, man. Everything big in Texas. Um, Even the quarantine parties. Exactly. Them motherfuckers was going down at the parties in Houston, nigga. Um, shout out to H-Town. If I had to pick three albums, um, I've got to take one. I got to take the best album from my favorite artist. So I got to go Good Kid, Mad City with Kendrick. I got to go Nothing Was the Same, Drake. And then the ultimate cheat code, I got to go Watch the Throne with Jay and Ye. I get a little bit of everything with that. I get the storytelling with Kendrick. I get my favorite artist with the mixing of the singing and the rapping with Drake. And then I get the the bravado big boy talk from my guy Ye and the goat Jay. Um, so that's I got a nice mix of hip hop shit right there. If we're only talking hip hop albums, those three is what I'm going with. What you got? Okay, we only talking hip hop albums. I got easily this is a no brainer for me. Uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Mm. That's my first one. Uh, second one's to Pimple Butterfly. Oh my god. Easily, and then 444. Uh, I'm gonna get my take for those five years. I'm gonna enjoy every second of just listening to those, and I haven't listened to anything else. Worry about new music. J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z. Let's ride. Rocking those all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Actually, I am mad at that because the Pimp Butterfly is trash. But other than one that, day, one day you're gonna get on here and you're gonna be like, man, you're right. That Pimp to Pimp Butterfly bang it, man. I finally get it. Like you're gonna wake up one day. No. I promise you. Uh, there's no need to revisit that album. It's like a movie. That That's you why you don't like it. You didn't revisit it. But it, it's like it's not Fruitvale Station. It's like a movie. It's like it's like fucking uh, the Pursuit of Happiness. I don't need to see that again. I don't need to put myself through that again. I, I saw it one time. Off. It was good. I cut, and I cut that shit off when he was crying in the bathroom. Dude, I got out of there. Yeah, that's I what I'm saying. I can't. No I'm not, I don't feel like feeling like it. <laughs> when the nigga was in the bathroom and he was trying to keep the dude from coming in there. Man. I think, I'm out. I don't, I don't need <laughs> to see no more of this. Dude. I'm good. <laughs> good luck to you and your son, bro. I'll catch y'all in the back end. Buddy. That's what Two Pimple Butterfly is. I don't need to revisit it, man. Uh, all right. So the next question is, is it me? Oh, no, that's me. My bad. Okay. Uh, favorite moment, favorite hip-hop moment of the 2000s. Shout out G. Franklin from Tennessee. That's a hard one right there, man. But uh, if I had to pick. It's tough. And 2000s is 20 years. That's nuts. So going back all the way, I would say when the uh, – shit. This is recency bias, what I'm thinking of first in my head, and then I went back to Blueprint when that dream dropped on 2001. September, but the I think the Drake and Meek beef was really entertaining from mm. the sense of just Drake solidifying himself. Because I ain't gonna lie, I underestimated him. I thought that Meek battle rapping, you probably there's probably documentation, audio evidence on the show of one of these that I thought Meek was eventually gonna come and kill Drake because of, because of his battle rap background. Uh, but that never happened, and Drake handled that like a real boss should have. Squashed the nigga, kept it moving. Mm. Number one hit on the diss record. Let's go. And uh, 
now we're friends again because I'm just that big and bad that you can't live without me. So <laughs> I, I, that that would be for me uh, if we're talking 2000 and probably vaguely because I can't remember a lot more. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> moment. I remember where I was at when I first heard Back to Back. Y'all remember, and we and I ran it back to back. You you, you I, had I think to. I listened to that three times in a row. Yeah, that, so that, now, that was a big moment. Like a football team. That was a big moment. Two um, thousands was a gang of shit. I got a I got like two or three just because I mean it's impossible to pick one like on some real okay. shit. Um, Cameron and Dame Dash on Bill O'Reilly, <laughs> fucking classic. Um, that's never not funny. Um, I, I see. I, <laughs> I might watch that again after this. I'll probably watch it once a year at least Damn, just so to get, get that laugh out. That shit was a classic moment. I hate Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> um, that shit so, Bill O'Reilly really ain't that bad, though. Yeah, he probably oh, just putting on. Yeah, he's probably putting on. Yeah. But fuck him, though. Um, That's funny. I thought 3-6 winning the Oscars was cool. Um, that was pretty dope. And then NWA, the, the NWA Straight Outta Compton movie, being good as fuck. Um, they stuck that landing. Um, I was excited about that. That's probably the best hip hop movie mm. of all time. I don't know. Uh, it's gotta be. I'm considering it. Give me another hip hop movie. Like all what? What do we compare it? Absolutely. Damn, I forgot. I forgot about that's a movie you don't need to see again. That's that's true. God damn, I New, forgot they had a pop movie. Notorious. I was gonna. I was gonna question you and everything. Like I ain't no. All eyes on me, boy. Damn. <laughs> um, mm, I guess that could be it. No, it's yeah. got to be. That's fair. Uh, it ain't no slim pickings, man. We need to step up to hip-hop movies, man. I agree. We need that people. movie. We need to be some, some more hip-hop stories or something. I agree. Huh. All right, next. What's your favorite podcast to listen to? Tommy from Atlanta. Um. So I got a couple. I got a few that's just oh. on, like, just on repeat. That's what I listen to every week. Earn Your Leisure. Uh, that's a business podcast. That's must listen if you're in the business. Uh, Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. That's the best real estate podcast out. Free Gyms. You, it, it's like going to a class, but for free. And it's everyday people on there telling how they got into the real estate game. Not big boy real estate moguls. Regular motherfuckers, just like you and me, step by step on how they got in the game. So it's real dope. And then for, for my sports fix, I listen to the Locked On Network. The Locked On Network has a podcast for every NBA, NFL, MLB, and college team. Uh, so I listen to the Packers and the Pistons. It's daily, too. So I'm a Pistons fan. I'm a Packers fan. I listen to those daily. Um, so they started a network, and they have a podcast for every team? Yep. That's fine. Yeah, it's dope. And it's deep dives, though. So if you're if you're big idea. on your team... It's so they find deep... local people. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's made by local people there. They just That's all on hard. the same network. That's hard. So it's super dope. And then, uh, but right now, I'm on a Monster DC Sniper. Uh, <clears> shout out to MX. You like he... that? Man, that shit hard. You, don't, you ain't fuck with that? I, I'm not. I don't like the... Uh, I don't think that they did a good job with the, the interviews. The people that they were talking to. I'm on like, like third what, third episode though. I like narrative. I like the narrative. Like I like the person narrating more telling the story as opposed to them breaking into those interviews. Like ah, that. okay, okay. So okay. I stop. I stop listening to it. But no, it, it should be finished good. I'm gonna check it out. Um, was that it? Yeah, that's it. 
Because I could do these for days, nigga. I got 90 podcasts listed here, but I'll just give you guys a few. First and foremost, the GOAT, uh, what got me started listening to podcasts, Joe Rogan. Um, I don't know what it is, and I was talking to someone about that just this weekend. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's just like I can listen to Joe Rogan talk to anybody about anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he's so inquisitive and he plays down his knowledge so much as to, you know, I'm just sitting here having a conversation with you. I ain't asking you about you, your last project or this or that. And I think that comes out really well uh, as far as just how he interviews people and the knowledge that you're able to get. So I would start with Joe Rogan, Bill Simmons. I also would put on that, those two, anything that they do, the BS report from Bill Simmons specifically and Joe Rogan podcast. Also, I would throw Bomani Jones in there. Now, if we had to, every day I listen to this podcast called Sword and Scale, and it's essentially the craziest news stories from around the country of that day. And you will be fascinated at some of the shit that you hear mm-hmm. that happens in America. They don't really make the big, uh, big news real. And this podcast on the podcast network called Conspiracy Theories, uh, they do two parts. Uh, they present the conspiracies, just different ones throughout history. And then they tell you what they think may have happened. And then they give you details debunking why that's true mm-hmm. on the second episode. Oh, we're going to the second episode of them. Uh, currently, they're doing HARP. Uh, they talked about JFK. They talked about conspiracy theories, how reverse engineering works, and just mm-hmm. a whole lot of different things. Uh, I like listening to stuff like that. Just listening to the what ifs so those are a couple that i like that are not hip-hop based but i you know i do listen to thoroughly and also on a daily basis and the fsp podcast man shout out jay host big jeff and the guys over there fighting the good fight at fsp i listen to that frequently as well man don't forget to the uh, i listen to robin hood snacks too you put me on that robin hood, uh, snacks. Robin that's hood every snacks day. Is really good every day yeah yeah that's yep. stock joints mm-hmm. yep must must and, listen a new one, I don't know, you don't you didn't watch The Wire, but a new one that is really good and I'm enjoying the breakdowns because I'm such a big fan of The Wire, man. Van Lathan is bodying way down in the hole. Mm. Man, if you haven't listened, well, first of all, if you haven't watched The Wire, watch that. Stop what you're doing now and start season one, episode one, and just run them for all the rest of quarantine. Secondly, listen to Way Down in the Hole on the Ringer Podcast Network with Jamel Hill and Van Lathan. Van Lathan is absolutely in his bag uh, breaking down the uh, TV episodes because you and I listen to a lot of TV breakdowns absolutely uh, with Jim and Aaron over Ball Move and the things that they do. Man, Van is like, he he elited this shit, nigga. He been bodying it. I wish you watched The Wire and knew what I was talking about, but do y'all we, check out that Way Down in the Hole. Do we still got the Red Pill Podcast? You know what? I ain't heard that in a while. Mm. I, don't, I think he, that he recorded that in um, TMZ. TMZ studio, so that may have went out when he got fired. Though. But you know he's going to start he signed with the Ringer. Yep. He got a new podcast coming on Bill Simmons' network outside of the way down in the hole. Him and some a white chick, I believe. Mm. Bill Simmons said he was really excited about it. That's probably going to be dope, though. Yeah, it's probably going to be fire. Van, good, man. I like Van. He cold. Yeah, he is. I like, he, he gives good breakdowns, and he at home by his tongue. Even though I don't agree with everything that he said, I do like that he's able to stand up and say it. Fact. All right. It's on you. Um, question for the show. What was the toughest episode to do, whether from an emotional standpoint or logistical weather standpoint? Speaking of FSP, that's from Jeff, my guy. Shout out, Big Jeff, man. Uh, that was, This is the first thing that jumped in my mind was the Nipsey. 
And it wasn't because we hadn't addressed death before on the show. We talked about Trayvon Martin. We talked about uh, other cases of things that happened out there. Nipsey was difficult for me because as a podcaster, we talk. We have conversation. We invite people into what we talk about. I didn't know what to say. Um, Mm -hmm. I was really... I won't say emotional because that's not the right word. I think it's too strong of a word, but maybe dumbfounded. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit here and act like I had a remedy or a, a fixture for, for what happened or we should be doing this or people shouldn't be in like that. None of that at that point, even though we did it and we talked about it, it was just hard for that to register because I was such a big fan of Nipsey. Like uh, I went to California specifically to go to the marathon store. Thanks. Uh, like I did, like I just liked everything that he stood for, and for that to happen, it was almost like unreal. So it took to get out of a haze, and, and to to come and, and give y'all an hour to be like to talk about it. And I got some feedback on it. People were really uh, impressed by how we handled that. So thank you guys for that shared that with me. But I would say that was the most difficult one for me, just for the lack of knowing where to steer the conversation without sounding preachy because a man lost his life a very i feel like impactful person lost their life yeah that was that was the biggest death that we've had during our podcast run of these seven years without question that's the biggest one so yeah that was clearly super tough to do um i've i've got one from the kind of not uh, emotional is a little bit like you said it's a little bit strong of a word but our our one year episode when we did the uh we had people call in to ask questions yeah. kind of like this yeah. um man we talked about that was the first time i had really um told the story of our guy back home um that you know what i'm saying we ended up losing in, in the conversation that i had with him over your crib and it just like that that was really the first time i had said any of that out loud and i don't even remember the question that got asked to provoke that answer. But uh, that one was tough. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Recipes, Ike, that was really tough. But, um, and then on a lighter note. Tell them um, what you said. You can't just like, so well, that, that people ain't going to want to go back. No, nah, I mean, nah, it, was, it, was, it was the conversation that I had with him about moving to Atlanta and that how he was happy that we were taking that step to move to Atlanta to pursue what it was that we were doing and that he wished he could move and go do something like that, but that he was, he was stuck and that he felt trapped kind of in the, in the life that he was in. And I was trying to tell him that he shouldn't feel that way. And that, you know what I'm saying? You always got options. And he was just looking at me like, nah, like, like, bro, like I'm trapped. And to find out, you know, say a couple of years later that, that, that same trap kind of ended up being the demise. It just, that it, it just, that, that shit was just wild. Like it just, it just hit a little different. Yeah, man. Rest in peace. I like, man, Ike was a good guy, man. He definitely was. What was he saying on a lighter note? Yeah, on, on a lighter note, man, the toughest one logistically was easily the Snowmageddon episode. Oh, my God. What I, what I called in? Yeah, you had to call in. That was the episode we yeah. had Young Dolph on. And I forgot Dolph was on that. Yeah, Young Dolph was on That's that episode. Bad. Man, for those who don't know, Atlanta had a big snowstorm. Well, it was a big snowstorm for Atlanta. For Atlanta. Shit, the city down there. Yeah, this shit happened in Minnesota every day. But down That's here... Where- <laughs> That's when we live right up the street from each other. Like, we yep. live an hour away from each other now. We live right up the street from each other and couldn't make it. Damn. And couldn't get to the damn, couldn't get together to do the damn episode, man. But 
It was a very interesting episode. Dolph still made his way in. Well, he called into the show. Shout out to him for pulling through. But uh, yeah, that was wild. That, that changed Atlanta. Now, if you drop a cup of ice on the ground, everything closes down. They're not playing no games no more because of the snow again. Really? Oh yeah, you're right. If it's snow now, nigga, you go home at eleven in, in, in Atlanta, nigga. That's that was the worst shit though. I left work at twelve that day and headed to my house. I didn't make it home to two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I left I at twelve PM noon, dude. That shit was insane. It did look like Armageddon out here. It, it was crazy. That now that's crazy shit that I shit probably seen. Man. That shit looked wild, man. Yeah, it looked like the walking man, dead. That's a fact. All right. Next one for the mailback episode 350 on Deck TV podcast. Just doing a little reset. If you guys are wondering what's going on, we just want to celebrate seven years in the podcast game. Yes, so sir. we took some questions from the on deckers out there. We're going over them now. The next one, you guys mentioned Combat Jack as motivation. What was your favorite episode of the Combat Jack show? That's Phil from New York. Yeah, this is an easy call. Um, I hope the, we ain't got the same one. Nah, because and I knew that's why I went with this one because I figured I know which one you finna say. I'm saying the first episode I heard with Young Guru. Mm. That's the very first episode of Combat Jack I ever heard. My guy Jay Ho put me onto it, and it blew my fucking mind. Like I couldn't believe what yeah, I was, was listening to. Jay Z is my favorite rapper of all time, and to hear the stories of him in the studio and how he gets down in the yo and how some of the hardest Jay songs came about some of those stories behind the scene. I had never heard anything like that. So just for sentimental purposes, I'm going to young guru episode, which was the first episode of 2013 I had ever heard. Um, now the crazy ironic thing about you picking that one. And I was saying, I hope we don't pick the same one. I almost picked that one in effort to try not to pick the one that I thought we would pick together. (laughs) So that's ironic as hell. But I went with the one that first popped in my head is when Dame Dash was on there and, uh, Jess Blaze was in there, man. You're talking about an entertaining podcast. Yep. Just the dynamic of how just Blaze and Dame Dash were carrying it. Dame Dash and Combat had uh, history by him being a lawyer for Rockefeller. Man, that shit was fucking that was classic. fascinating. That was classic. Like, I was glued to every second of that. They were talking about how they used to joke on just Blaze. And mm-hmm. That shit was really, really good. So, 100%, that's what got me it well it was before then like you said it was a guru episode and just to elaborate a little bit on that one the reason that that was like i i don't think you're exaggerating when you said it was some of the most amazing shit you ever heard because people forget before podcasts and like i said we've been doing it seven years combat had been doing it for like two prior to or even more probably than that then we started like people forget the candid conversations like this didn't exist like it would like maybe joe rogan was doing it and that wasn't even in people's stratosphere. But, like, to sit and hear Google, like you said, talk about recording with Jay, talk about getting these stories that you get on pretty much any podcast now, if they're good, like, that shit was fucking, for, for music heads like us, that shit was fucking great. Like, I remember, like you said, you remember that? I remember where I was when mm-hmm. I heard that. I remember where we was working at. I remember, like, the, the time of year. And I was like, dude, have you heard this? Yep. That shit was fascinating. Nah, that that, yeah. that shit is a classic, man. And, and the Dame Dash episode, that's a must listen. But y'all go back. Their combat feed still up there, man. Y'all go back. Y'all check that out, man. It's real good stuff on there. Shout out to A King, man. Yeah, man. Rest Behind in peace, combat. Over there. Rest in peace to Combat Jack. Shout out to A King and all the guys, man. Premium Pete. Yep. All of those guys, man. That shit used to be good, man. 
man, nigga. Yeah. Um, next question, man. This is kind of a reference to earlier what we said about K Camp. Why can't anything K with K Camp stick? It is a, his, his appearance, his team. Nothing stands out. Sam G from Atlanta. Very random question, but I That's like it. definitely uh, K Camp sent that in, man. I don't know who <laughs> Sam G is, man. <laughs> shout out my guy T N Air Sam, man. So he he texted me that when I I think he just shot off the dome, just trying to shoot something over the support. Uh, but I, he must have been listening to this because I have no idea why anyone would think that he would stick. Like the name is bad. Like he there there's a and I ain't shitting on K Camp. He is a talented artist. I want to start there. But that lane that he's in is very crowded. He doesn't do anything to be definitive enough. You got young thug, you got little baby, and he ain't gotta sound like them niggas. He could even be more talented, but they are more popular. Yeah. And I feel like that he's in their lane. And if he he doesn't clearly establish himself as not being in their lane, so that's why he gets looked over and categorized with those guys who are a lot more popular than him. So it's hard for him to get traction. Like it's hard for people to go like he got a good album. That album that he just put out is pretty good. I believe it. But it's hard for people to be like, man, have you heard that new K Camp? Look, and I'm, I'm glad. I'm actually glad Sam asked this question because this doesn't oh, just not. apply to K Camp. <laughs> Oh please. Um, the reason the reason nothing he does that can stick is because he doesn't have a brand. Um, he doesn't have a signature look. He doesn't have a story. Um, he and even to a certain extent he doesn't have a cosign. That would help too. But in order for your appearance or your music to stick, I'm actually reading a book called Made to Stick. You know yeah. why things. Um, stay with people over a long period of time. And it's because there's a story. There's a brand attached to it. And that's okay, though. Luckily for him, he's out during the digital age. You don't have to be a star to eat in the rap game right through this gap right here. So he'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Every once in a while, he'll have a single that goes up. He'll get clicks on YouTube and all that good stuff. But he doesn't have a signature look or brand, which is the reason why nothing he puts out can stick. And which is the reason why a lot of talented people put out things that don't stick. You know what I'm saying? It just is what it is, but that's a fire ass book, by the way. Don't stick. What's the name of it? Made to stick. Made to stick. I'm going to yep. check that out. Add that to my audible collection. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gave my answer on that. So I'm good off K camp. Shout out to Christopher Campbell, which is where K camp comes from. Really? Yeah, it's his name. Christopher with a K? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, where he, that's where he lost. Yeah, 100%. Next question. What we got? It's on you. Oh, I just shit. read the K capital. Um, any advice for me starting my podcast? Sean from Florida. Is that Florida? Yeah, FL. Hey. Sean um, from Florida. As we've said numerous times through this podcast, 350 episodes in, Sean, consistency is key. So that being said, find you something that you like to talk about that you can talk about as frequently as you want to drop an episode. I feel like a lot of podcasters' problem is they see the current event stuff, or they may see what we do, and they be like, oh, shit, I can do that. Yeah, you can do it for a month, for a year, but can you do it for seven years, 350 episodes, and build it up and, you know, continue to enjoy what it is? So if I had to... to Pinpoint one thing on advice. Find you a topic that you're going to want to stick to and be consistent with that. 
Yeah, um, and along kind of those same lines, I say find a topic that's specific and niche. Um, the the uh, pop culture talks, you know what I'm saying, that the lane is kind of crowded. Um, I would find something that you're a subject matter expert in um, and just kind of be specific in what it is that you're that it is you're speaking about. Uh, if somebody asks you, yo, what's your podcast about? And you name like six different things and it, you may be doing a little too much. Um, so make it specific, have a niche and then have a team in place, man. Cause you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. Uh, have Thanks. people around you that can, uh, do the things that you aren't familiar with and don't know how to do. Uh, okay. that would help too. Yeah. And 100%. And like I say, stay to it. We appreciate all the podcasts and starting. I, I feel like, uh, the more people to get into it, the more people to do it well, the more eyes looking on it and the more bread for this whole industry so i'm with it so watch yeah, your podcast man. be good at them make people come look at it. next as we're going to wrap it up here soon what artists do you guys think will be able to make a steady income off the internet since the pandemic slowed up the show money that's from scoops in nashville long time listener that out scoops man um i would say since the since this pandemic is slowing up show money man a lot of people are doing things that um are obvious giveaways that they need money um, I was reading 50's book. I just finished it. And he said that the reason that Floyd is doing these, uh, you know, birthday party uh, appearances and stuff like that is not because he for the love of the game or because he wants to. It's because he needs the money. And Floyd Mayweather needs the money. That's what he said. He knows that's him crazy. better than I do. I will take his word for it. Or he may just be hating. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's hard to tell with it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But well, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, people have speculated. I've heard speculation that that Floyd Mayweather money look funny. Yeah. But to hear 50 say he's doing shows because he needs the money, like, that's that's, that's mind-blowing. That's nuts. That's nuts. Uh, but that, that goes to say, man, I, I would go with someone who it wouldn't look weird if they were doing online ads. Cardi B has been doing Fashion Nova ads since she's been on. So she, it, that, you yeah. don't look twice when she that has bag, a Yeah, that bag probably stupid. That bag is probably crazy, and people are online shopping like crazy, so it doesn't look funny if she has to do an online ad. If you look at somebody who didn't have to do that before March of 2020, and now they're holding up tummy tees, and now they're holding up Fashion Nova ads, it looks like they're hurting for money. So somebody, a personality like Cardi, is perfectly fit to kind of ride this pandemic wave out. So who do you think can make steady income? Just Cardi? That's what, that's yeah, it. my answer is Cardi B. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the guy that put out a, a, a tested brand during this with Quarantine Radio is Tory Lanez. Mm. He was able to flip that into a TV show the offer. I'm not sure if they signed the deal from MTV. Take uh, but he, I, I hope he take that. Because uh, Tory Lanez like that, that I'm not a big Tory Lanez fan as far as rap. I can't say that I, I, I go run to the albums when they come out. The Chicks Tapes is a fire series. But I, I like the quarantine radio. I like his personality. Like it was it was fun in, in a time where people needed fun. And I think that he was able to capitalize a brand. I seen you had the quarantine shirt on uh mm. not too long ago. Went, was that was that his shit or was that somebody else? Yeah, storyline shirt. Yeah, like getting getting the merch off. I feel like he's done a great job. He's he was one of the few artists that was able to take a step up during this time. 
I agree. He yeah, that's a good did. one. He, he's he's maximizing it. And then, of course, anybody that's on the Versus series. <laughs> right. Now, Poe has two questions here for the next one. Okay. You're you only getting one question. Which one do you want? Man, the I'm going to laugh at the first one. Or the one about Hove. I think we talked about the one about Hove. Uh, it's just a who would do a versus battle, so that we don't really got to get into that. Okay. Quick we'll answer for that. You have a quick answer for that? Uh, is there anyone out there that can do a versus battle with Hove? It would be Kanye or Drake if we're talking hits, but a B-side battle, I think Hove would get anybody. I think it would be entertaining if there were stipulations to it, 20 songs or whatever it may be. You ain't got to play hits, but... You know, songs, Jay-Z and Nas. I think the culture would fucking love that. And you talking about an event, a versus battle with Jay-Z and Nas. I know Nas doesn't have the hits to line up with them, but if they you know, had some stipulations as to what was being played, you put Nas and Jay right there for an hour going back and forth telling stories, playing songs, that shit's going to break the versus machine. I would I would like, be here for them playing songs and telling stories, but a battle hold would wash them. Doing Nas any kind of way, Jay Ho spinning and spinning right now. So the real question from Paul, we're gonna go with: If you had to choose, I don't even know how this hip hop related. While I let this Paul get, like, I don't even know how Paul got this on here. If you had to choose to let your kids spend the weekend at D Wade's house or Lil Boosie's house, which one would you feel least comfortable with, <laughs> dude? <laughs> There's uh, no way that's a real question. That's fucking again, hilarious. Again, from Poe and Nazareth, shout out my brother Poe. If you had to choose to let your kids spend the weekend at D Wade's house or Bootsy's house, no answer. Which one would you feel least comfortable? I have with? no answer for that. Of that's... course, that's stemming from them going back and forth with Bootsy saying that D Wade shouldn't let his children do different things. It's a lot that we're not going to discuss here, but that's where it comes from. That's the chatty patty shit we were talking about. That's the rumor mill yeah. shit. Um, if I had that, <laughs> I can't take that question seriously, even though it is fucking hilarious. It is. I I I, I may have to just tell my child to stay at home. You know that you ain't spending the night over nobody's house. You come home, it might have just been it, man. I don't. I I'm not sure if Boosie gonna be able to watch my kids. I love him. I fuck with him, man. We got a lot of good music, but I ain't, I don't know if I'm letting Boosie watch my kids. Not yeah. based on anything that he said. Just me don't listening to his music. I just I ain't, I, nah. And I I don't. I'm. D Wade's hair is pink. D Wade so look nuts right now. I'm not letting my child stay nowhere where like the dad's hair is pink. It's just that that's just gonna strike me as weird. I'm just sorry. You gotta come home, bro. You can't stay. You can go play the game, but you can't stay. Uh, that's uh, a skip, man. Yeah. You, oh, this next one, me. Yeah, let's go. Uh, two, what up, last on, two? Yeah, well, last three, man. What up on deck? This is Maurice, formerly known as Cooley Miles, three times on deck of the week. I see you, boy. Um, I wanted to know if you guys are thinking about adding to the network. The reason I ask is because I have an eight episode audio drama podcast that I am doing that I'm going to release. And I think it's some of the dopest creating I've done since I've been rocking with y'all for so long. I wanted to see if you guys would consider adding a black audio drama to the on deck brand. I Dr. think we need Dr. Cooley. Shout out to Cooley, man. Three time on deck of the week. Uh, we appreciate you, brother. And I think we need to set up a meeting. Have a conversation with this young man. See how the audio drama, what it's geared towards, and make it uh, something that people could have access to, through to us if they yeah. could. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely open to it if that's the answer. And, and as far as building the network, uh, of a lot of you guys at the beginning, we do the promos with Real Build Media as far as FSP and 
uh, fresher than your average pod. The the goal and the objective, of course, is to have a lot of podcasts that we find interesting that we feel we could help present to other people and building out a network and, and taking that network to the next level uh, as far as presenting conversations that we will be proud of. That's the thought process for Realville Media. So, yes, we are uh, wanting to expand when we can do it correctly, when we have everything set up and then we can throw it in the media and boom, let it go. Just yeah. my opinion on it. What do you say? Ex- excellent question. And I'm mean, super intrigued by the podcast concept. Man, the, the, the tricky part with the network is and, and the reason why it, it's comprised of shows of which people that already know each other, man, is that we're learning how to make this thing go. It's all a process. And people that you know personally tend to have more patience when it comes to things like that. So mm-hmm. we're, 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 we've never owned a podcast network before. So it is a learning experience. And if you are down to learn with us, then we would certainly be open. Um, shout out to Cooley Miles, man, Maurice. Yeah, we're going to send you some different, some, a DM about it. Have a conversation. Absolutely. Next question. Mm-hmm. Do you think, oh God, Kanye West question. Do you think Kanye's career and or legacy will be affected if he never makes another rap album and only continues to down this gospel Christian and continues only down this gospel Christian rap path? That came from Rob Lopez 93 on IG. Um, shout out Rob Lopez. Um, his legacy, I think his legacy is in stone at this point. However, if he does continue down the gospel Christian rap path, there will be an asterisk by it. Um, it's more along the lines of we'll have a lot of what ifs. Like what if, what was what would his music sound like if his mom never passed away? What would his music sound like if he never married Kim K? What would his music sound like, you know what I'm saying? I don't Anyone ask him. Yeah, because people ahead. ask for the old Kanye all the time. And those are the those are the kind of the markers of when the old Kanye left for a lot of people. So I, I think it would turn more into a what if conversation if he doesn't go back to traditional rap. But I think his legacy is already in place. He's done enough. Hmm. Um Yes, absolutely. And I don't think uh, Kanye West did enough, obviously, but it would have always been there. What would have been uh, not opposed to, I, I mean, excuse me, not like what you were saying like with his mom or with Kim, but just like if he had continued to make secular music and do topics that I feel like he's more versed in. Like, I don't know. I didn't listen to the Kanye God album or whatever it's called, Jesus uh, whatever the name of the album is, but I don't know how verse he is in that stuff, and I don't know how much of a message that people are getting for that, or how effective what he's trying to do, if he is effective with it. I think some people are taking it as a joke. I don't think anybody ever took Kanye West as a joke as a regular, just musician though, uh, as a, as a producer, or as a, even they may have looked at him funny style as a rapper. They never looked at him as a joke or wonder what the fuck he had going on on the sense of he. Wondering what a sense that he had going on. I think that this kind of opened the door more so for that. So it kind of prevents him from being great in this path because people always think, well, like you were so good at the other one and we're so used to that that you're on some crazy shit now. I think mm-hmm. that's what people think of. Him. So, yeah, it will affect his legacy 100%, especially if he never makes another good album. Never makes another good album. He made a good one in what, what eight years? He hasn't missed. 
it's been eight years since Kanye West. What is that when My Beautiful Dog Twisted Fantasy came out 2010? He hasn't missed. It came out 2010, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't make a good album in 10 years, dude. So yeah, it's about time. Man. About time, man. Uh, last question, man. Uh, last question. Mailbag question. Through seven years, what keeps you guys motivated to continue to pod? Congrats on seven years at Sean D. Washington on IG. Shout out to Sean D. Washington, man. My guy, Sean Walsh, and a happy anniversary to you, sir. Yep. Uh, I seen the IG post with you and your beautiful wife, man. Congratulations to you guys on 13 long years. Uh, tell, Give us the secret, like you said in the group chat. <laughs> Share that with us, my nigga. Uh, but to answer your question, for me, uh, it's going to sound cliche and, and puff daddy-ish, but it's black excellence. Like, I really wasn't a conversation guy before we started doing this. Of course, we would have our conversations as friends and, you know, talk about what we talked about. But this has helped me communicate a lot better in, in a lot more aspects of my life and just be more open to talk about things. So what keeps me motivated is the communication process of it, is the conversations. I, I find myself uh, liking listening to people a lot more now just trying to figure out conversations that i wouldn't even been interested in previously so for me the motivation comes from black excellence ownership wanting to do something and start ourselves because at at some point in time this is going to be a lucrative thing Mm -hmm. uh we still grinding it out right now but that's what keeps me motivated knowing that doing something that we like to do that we built from the ground up it can be turned into a thriving business as we've seen through the many examples with Joe Rogan just being his purchase, uh, Joe Budge's deal with Spotify, uh, Bill Simmons' deal, just what the, the possibilities are and starting this from scratch because we believe that we could do it. That's what keeps me motivated. And I said Joe Rogan purchase, I mean, at least by Spotify. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's your motivation? Yeah, that Joe Rogan $100 million deal is definitely a motivating factor. Facts. Um, but now it's, it's cool. Seeing uh, kind of what we saw come to fruition um, when we started this in 2013, uh, we kind of knew that this was podcasting was going to be big. Uh, we didn't know how it was going to be big or what it was going to look like, but we knew that it was going to blow up. And that's cool. But honestly, what keeps me going is, is the American dream, which I believe is doing something as a career um, that you would do for free. Um, so entertaining people, putting people up on game every once in a while while we're doing it sounds like a cool career to me. Um, and that is what keeps me going. Um, I, people got to realize, man, whether you have a podcast with 10,000 listeners, 10 listeners, all that stuff, all that work that you're putting in, uh, whether it's writing, uh, producing, editing, all of that stuff, man, there's careers out here for that. And people making a lot of money and, and having very successful careers doing it, supporting their families doing it. So you may be doing it for nothing or for little right now, but those are all reps to make you better at it. And next thing you know it, man, it, it, things could flip tomorrow and that could be a profession for you just like that. So that one is what keeps me away. going, man. Yep, one phone call away, man. Grind it out. Absolutely. That was a good mailbag episode, man. 21 questions. That was super dope. Shout out to everybody that sent a question. Shout out to everybody that didn't know they could send in questions or don't have social media. They heard it, but didn't weren't able to send something in. Shout out to y'all, too. Yeah, got to wait 350 more episodes. Sorry, right, man. That... Seven more years. <laughs> yeah, have another we... opportunity. We'll start. We were uh, just pending on the feedback. We could start doing more of these. Uh, these this was fun. Uh, we get some 
good question. So I, I'm open to that. But we definitely appreciate the people uh, that were able to participate. That when I put it out there, they just shot me a question back immediately. We appreciate the people that didn't get to send a question, that listened every week, that are just out there in the abyss. We don't know who you are, but you checked out every episode. We know you exist. You know what I'm saying? So we appreciate all of you guys that supporting our dream. And what we started out is just, you know, two friends talking and, and we hope to grow it into a whole lot more uh, that we can be proud of. So we appreciate you guys uh, being on the ride with us before we leave. Are you going to put me on anything for this week? Yeah, man, I got to put you on. I, I teased the book earlier in this episode and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the 50 cent hustle harder, hustle smarter. I said, I would come back with the review when I was done with it. I am done with it. The book is dope. Um, I'm, I, I did the audio book. It's 50 talking. That takes a second to get used to, but give it about a chapter and then you'll be straight. Um, it is pretty good. There's some pretty good jewels in there about business, if that's what you're interested in. He's gives some insight on his thought process of how he dealt with G-Unit, how he dealt with um, other artists, what his business mind was and his process was behind signing with stars, signing with Eminem. I'm a behind the scenes of business um, acquisitions type person. So shit like that is gold to me. If you're into that, then uh, check it out. I highly suggest the audiobook because you can knock out two things at once. If you want to get on the Madden while you're listening, if you want to fucking get on the treadmill while you're listening, whatever. Uh, but I'm giving it two thumbs up, man. You check it out if you're a 50 fan or if you're a fan of business. I think it'll work either way. What you got? Okay. Um, I got a couple. One is a TV show that... Y'all may be on this already, but I'm fascinated that I missed it and it was this good. But that fucking Narcos in Mexico was fire. Mm. What would Felix do? That's my guy. He moved up my list of people that I root, the, the bad guys that I root for in series. Man, he up there. He passed Walter White for me. Relax. Guy, my guy Felix was shit. Hey, listen, man. Felix is a, is a fucking beast. I that he was a monster. I'm, I'm looking at the whole series again just to take notes on my guy Felix, man. Uh, also, a podcast is called Radio Headspace. It's like a little uh, what's that shit that LeBron be uh, like one of those calming out type podcasts. But mm. each day it's kind of give you like four or five minutes of just like things to help your day go better. Uh, you know, getting your thought process right before you jump into the everyday uh, hustle and bustle. And I found it to be helpful for me. So it's called Radio Headspace. It's a podcast. You guys check that out. I think you'll like it. Mm, that's good shit. I like that out-the-box shit. Um, hey, man, here's to 350 of them things. Uh, we appreciate that, man. Go to iTunes, leave a comment on a question that you didn't get to throw in, and uh, we'll read it on the next couple of episodes, man. Yep, here's the 350 and many, many, many more and many, many others to come on this thing that we call Realville Media. Appreciate you, are, you guys. All right, man. Until the next time. Yep.